0: you're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Open your Bibles tonight to the Gospel of John chapter 19. I, uh, Brother, uh, Jed asked me if about preaching this, uh, I guess, kickoff message, whatever. Well, the, first, the first message God laid on my heart was this one. And uh, I trust it'll be a, a blessing tonight. Because if we're going to plant churches, and those that are already planted, if you're going to do and uh, what, what we need to do, then we need to observe uh, the message tonight. And not only observe it, but we need to put it into practice. So I hope that uh, you'll get something from it. John chapter 19, verse 4 and 5 says, Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. Now go over to verse number 14. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the good day that you've given us. A day, Lord, when we've enjoyed and been blessed by being in your house. I ask God now that you will fill me with the Holy Spirit of God that I can deliver this message tonight that would be pleasing unto thee and edifying to those that are here to hear it. I pray for this conference. I pray it'll be a great success. I pray when the preachers go back to their churches that they'll be fired up and and win many souls uh, to thee. Thank you, Lord, again for the privilege of preaching and for the privilege of being in this great church and we'll praise you and thank you for what all you're going to do this evening for it's in Jesus name that I pray and just for Jesus sake and with thanksgiving amen. amen. Notice the Bible says behold the man and behold your king out of that two small phrases I, I, I want to use the word behold for our attention tonight in in the message. And I've I've entitled this sermon tonight, Some Things We Need to Behold. I'm always curious about what a word really means. So I took the dictionary and I looked up the word behold and I found several uh, important definitions uh, uh, for that word. One, it means to gaze upon. It means to observe. It means to watch. It means to view, it means to fix our eyes upon, and it means to direct our attention to an object. So I believe God has some things tonight in the word of God that he wants us to behold. He wants us uh, to observe and to watch and to fix our eyes upon and to direct our attention to tonight. So I pray, dear God, that uh, you'll be blessed. First of all, I believe this, if we're gonna do anything for God, we first of all need to behold the sinner, amen? In the book of Job, chapter number 40, Job says this, behold, I am vile. Now, we don't think of that uh, in terms because we're saved. But you know what? We're vile tonight. We're vile tonight. And if we're going to get anywhere with God in the ministry of any kind, we need to come to that realization that we are vile. You see, it's not... Uh, until we realize how vile we are and perhaps how ungodly we really are, that God can begin to work in your heart and in my heart. Amen. There are, there are a lot of Christians running around the, the country today uh, thinking that they're really something. But you know what God says? God says we're nothing. That's right. yep. We're nothing. He's everything, but we're nothing. So I think we need to to understand that in order to be saved. I'll tell you what, people will never get saved until they first of all realize they're lost. That's where we gotta go first, isn't it? They gotta understand that they're a sinner. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also says In Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 20, for there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. I just want to show you, I just want to tell you tonight, we might not like to hear this, but even after we're saved, we still have no righteousness of our own. You see, all the righteousness that we have tonight as a Christian comes from Jesus Christ. It's all bound up in him. We need to understand that. We need to understand that in, the chapter, in chapter 2 of the book of Ephesians, we find that God doesn't have a very high estimation of the lost person. You read that sometime, and the Bible says uh, that the one who's never been trusted Christ as his Savior is dead in trespasses and sin. It says they've been dis- disobedient. It says without Christ all are under the wrath of God. It says without Christ we're aliens and strangers and we have no hope. We need to understand that tonight. We need to understand that outside these doors there is a lost world that needs Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what size a town there are in, they're lost. I would grant this, to this evening that probably two-thirds of Sioux Falls South Dakota wasn't in church this morning. That's a shame, isn't it? As I was coming over here tonight, I saw people out mowing their grass and they were out washing their boat and they were doing this and doing that. And I said, what a shame. We've come so far in America tonight that we do not go to church. We've come so far in America tonight that many churches across this United States are closed up. They don't even have services anymore. We need to understand tonight that there's a penalty for sin. We need to understand that one day we're all going to face God and we're going to have to give an account to him. One of these days people are going to realize that hell is real. It is, not, it is not a figment of someone's imagination. I'll tell you something else we need to understand. We need to understand that Jesus loves us. Amen. amen. Yes. We need to understand that it doesn't matter how lost they are, <laughs> amen, how bad a sinner they are. You know, we would like to categorize sin, but my Bible tells me sin is sin. Amen. Yep. And my Bible also tells me that if we'll repent of our sins and ask Jesus into their heart, he'll do that. Amen. We may be going through a, a trial of, of, of situations today, but I'm here to tell you tonight, Jesus is still in the soul-saving business. Yes, sir. And when we ask Jesus into our heart, he'll lift us out of the wiry clay set our feet on the solid rock, establish our goings, and put a new song in our heart. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Yes, sir. Amen. I remember when I was 16 years old, I did that. Gosh, that's been a long time. At least two weeks, amen. <laughs> you see, the Apostle John speaking to the children of God in 1 John Chapter 1 and verse 8, by the way, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John wasn't wasn't written to the lost person, it's written to the saved person. And the context of that chapter is my little children. And he says this, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I'm telling you tonight, folks, it doesn't make any difference how long you've been saved. It doesn't make any difference how much how, how good you are. You're still a child of God and you still sin. That's right. Amen? Yes, sir. How many sin today? Well, y'all not voting, I'm telling We all have problems, don't we? If we, think we don't, if we think we don't have sin in our life, folks, we're just kidding ourselves. That's why in the very next verse, we find the wonderful promise. If we confess our sins, Amen. he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm glad we have a forgiving God. Yes. I'm glad that it doesn't make any difference whether it's 2 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We can go to Jesus Christ and get forgiveness. Amen. Yes, sir. Central's never busy. He's always on the line. You can contact him anytime. Right. By the way, you know where we need to start in our service for God? Right there. Where the Bible says he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to start right there. You know why? Because God doesn't use unclean vessels. We don't. Vessels are kind of like a drinking glass. You know, when you get up in the morning to have your orange juice, you don't use that glass that you drank milk out of the night before. You know, the one that's got the crusty ring around it. No, you don't use that. You either wash that one, ha ha. Or you reach up in the cupboard and get another one and then your wife can wash both of them. <laughs> because you see, you don't use dirty vessels. God don't use dirty vessels. He wants us to be pure clean vessels. The Bible says fit for the master's use, prepared for the master's use. And that's where we got to begin. That's where we've got to behold the sinner. You know, our problem is this. We can't get by the man's sin to behold of who he is. Oh, he does this, he does that. Don't you think God knows that? He knows our shortcomings. He wants us to love Him. Forget about His sin and realize that He's lost, and love Him to Jesus. I guess what we really need to do, Brother Jet, is to behold ourselves. Behold ourselves for what we really are, because without the Lord, we're nothing. And we will never do anything for God until we realize our condition before him. There's nothing about us or within us that makes us worthy to serve God. You know what serving God is? Serving God's a privilege. Yes, it is. It's not a right, it's a privilege. There's no greater privilege in all the world than to be the ambassador of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Let me give you another thing tonight that we need to behold number two we need to behold the love of God what an amazing love in 1st John if you'll turn there chapter 3 1st John chapter 3 very familiar passage verse 1 it says behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Do you realize that God loved you and he loved me so much that he made a way for us to be adopted into his family? Amen. <laughs> I've never gotten over that. Amen. I can't figure out why God wants me in his family. I don't want me in my family. I wouldn't want me in my family, but I'm thankful that God wants me in his. I'm glad he loves me today. Someone says, well, I know the Lord. So do I, but I'm glad God knows me. I'm glad God knows me. I'm glad he loves me today. I don't understand why, but he does. And as I stand behind the sacred disk, I can tell you tonight that I'm safe and secure in the love of God. Amen. Boy, and if you don't know that, you're missing the greatest thing in all the world. There's nothing in the world that the devil can throw at me and can do to me that'll separate me from the love of God Amen. Jesus Christ, the love of God. I'm safe and secure in that love. I'm rejoicing. Listen, he loves me so much that he put me into his family. The Bible said, for God so loved the world. Think about that for a moment. Isn't that amazing? Oh, by the way, he wasn't talking about the world system. He was talking about the world's population. But he went further than that. He not only loves the world, but he put action to his love. He gave his only begotten son. What an amazing love. I haven't figured that out. Ephesians, turn with me, please, to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 2. Ephesians, chapter number 2. And let's look at verse 4 and 5. Where the Bible said, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Brother Jed, what an amazing love. Somebody said, well, you couldn't have been too bad. You were only 16. I was rotten sinner on my way to hell. That's what I was. Amen. By the way, and I want you to know the only place that you can come and experience that love firsthand is at the cross of Calvary. Anybody tells you you can get that love anyplace else, they're lying to you. Don't listen to the Joel Osteens. You're naming people? Yeah. Aren't you afraid? No. I'm just telling the truth. You don't get to heaven by prosperity. And there's only one way, by the way. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. In the while we were yet what? Sinners. God was showing his love to the world when he died on the cross of Calvary. (laughs) He meets our needs every day. I'm so grateful for the love of God. You know, the love of God has brought me through some trying times. I told you this morning in Sunday school, he's brought me through three cancers. All within three years. Do you know what? I remember the last time I I went in and my doctor was a saved individual. Baptist. He said, Are you ready, Brother Mungle? I said, Absolutely. Yeah. Are you afraid? Nope. I said, God's going to bring me through. Yeah. And he did. He brought me through COVID. He'll bring you through. Were you scared? Nope. See, I love God. I have faith in God. Faith is going to do something in your life if you'll let Him. Behold the love of God. Then, thirdly, we not only need to behold the sinner and the love of God, but we need to behold the Savior. Look with me at Luke chapter 2, please. Luke's gospel, chapter number 2. Verse 10 and 11. word of God said this, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day is in the city of David, is a, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. I read that message, one, that passage one day, and in verse 11, I found three things That was a blessing to me. I hope it'll be a blessing to you. You may have missed it. But I see three things in that message. First of all, I see a personal message. For unto you is born this day. He died for you. Had you been the only one in the world, he would have still come and died on the cross of Calvary. He loves you that much, folks. It's a personal message. Secondly, it's a present message. He said, for unto you is born this day. Oh, what's that got to do? That's not this day. Well, it is because I want you to know that God, that the gospel is just as good this day as it was that day. We don't have a different gospel. We have the same gospel. By the way, we have the same God. It's still just as powerful. It's still able to save souls from the depths of sin regardless of how deep. It's still able to see the sinner free and give him an eternal home in heaven. just as good today just as powerful today as it was those many years ago well then how come we're not seeing things happen like we used to many years ago well it's not god's fault you're right it's our fault we have become lazy in our ministry I know that's not easy to say and it's not easy to hear but it's the truth, folks. I was in a church several years ago and presenting our ministry and he said, boy, it's a good program but I'm just not that dedicated. I looked up. Scared me to death. Folks, if we don't get dedicated to winning people to Christ there's a whole lot more people going to die and go to hell. We don't have much longer. Jesus is coming. Well, thirdly, it's a precious message. It says, for you, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a what? A Savior. It's precious. I want us to behold him tonight. Because you see, Jesus came to save sinners. He said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came. He didn't come for programs. He came for sinners. He didn't come for a lot of things that we do in our churches. And there's nothing wrong with things that we do in our churches. But God help us. We got to get... soul-saving business on the front burner. Got to get back to it, folks, because that was his purpose for coming. And the only way for people to be saved is to behold him, look to him. There's no other way. Very familiar passage back in the book of Acts, chapter number 4. In verse number 12, neither is there salvation. Are you listening, liberals? Amen. Are you listening? There is neither salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we what? Must be saved. You know, the Bible in so many ways, especially when it comes to salvation, is so simple. I mean, if I can understand it, anybody can. We need to behold the Savior. You know, you read the Word of God, the Bible tells us a lot about the Savior. Tells about Him from the beginning of the end. Turn with me, please, to 1 Timothy 1 Timothy chapter number 3. I said, you sure do use a lot of scripture. Well, that's better than me. Amen? Because when you read it from the word of God, it's God's word, not my word. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible said all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It was God breathed. You hold in your hand tonight the very words of God. That ought to get excited. That'd make a Presbyterian shout. And is what? Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, in instruction, in righteousness. Another verse of Scripture says in Timothy, without controversy... Amen. In other words, listen, there's no if and ands a but about this. This is right. God's word. Yep. You can argue with it all you want to, but it doesn't change the fact this is God's word. Amen. And if people want to be saved, they need to look to the word of God.. Amen. By the way, you need to do that if you're going to have a victorious Christian life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't look to man. Man will fail you every time. Look to God. In the book of Psalm, chapter uh, number one eighteen or number one eighteen, Psalm verse eight says, "It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man." Yeah, that's right. How much confidence do you have in the leaders of our country? Did you say that, preacher? I did. Well, you're going to go to jail. It's okay. I get three meals a day in there. (laughs) Free medical, too, praise the Lord. Man will fail you every time, but I'm standing here tonight as a testimony that Jesus never fails. How many times have we failed the Lord? I don't know about you, but I can't count them. No wonder Paul says in the book of Hebrews, look to the Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, why do we need to look to Jesus? I think we need to look to him because of what he means to us. What does Jesus mean to you tonight? I think if, we could, if he could just become... As, uh, known and, 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 and be as much to this community, mean as much to this community as he does to us, wouldn't it thrill your heart? You see, today, Jesus is my rock. He's my fortress, he's my deliverer, he's my light, he's my strength, he's my song, he's my shepherd, he's my high tower, he's an anchor in a time of the storm, he's my shield, I want you to behold him tonight. I want you to know that he's the lily of the valley, he's the bright and morning star, he's the balm of Gilead, he's the lover of my soul, he's the forgiver of all my sin, he's the source of all peace, he's the source of all mercy, the source of all joy, the source of all truth. He's the altogether lovely one. I want you to behold him. He's the wisdom personified. He is righteousness personified. He is the epitome of holiness and the epitome of goodness. He's the epitome of meekness. He's the power of God personified. He's the great I am. He said, I'm the door, amen. He's the true vine, the bread of life, the water of life. He's the resurrection and the life. He's my advocate. His name is wonderful. His name is counselor. His name is the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I want you to know that he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. I want you to know that he's my great high priest. He's the captain of my salvation. Yes, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes, we need to behold the Savior. Yes, sir. Look to him. Don't leave here tonight. If you're not saved, don't leave here tonight without looking to Jesus. Yes, and then, fourthly, we need to behold the sacrifice. First John chapter 1, or I mean the Gospel of John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter number 1. We look at verse 29, familiar verse, and we see what John, what John the Baptist said. He said this, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. need to behold the sacrifice. You see, there's no other sacrifice for sin except Jesus. He was the sacrifice toward which the Old Testament sacrifice pointed to. He was the perfect one. In Hebrews chapter 10, And verse number four, the Bible says this, for it is is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. That chapter goes on to say this, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice forever, sat down at the right hand of God, one sacrifice for sin forever. The chapter also says, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Behold the sacrifice. The one who bare our sins in his own body on the tree. The Bible said he he became sin for us and knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I don't know why Jesus shed his blood on the cross for me. Because I'm not worthy of one drop. I don't understand it, but I'm sure glad he did. Because you see, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. That's right. Without the blood of Jesus tonight, folks, if you haven't been saved by the blood of Jesus, I, I want to be kind, but you're on your way to hell. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm so glad that we can behold the sacrifice. First Peter, please, chapter... Number one. First Peter chapter number one. Very familiar passage. If I can get my pages to turn right. We'll get there in a minute. First Peter chapter number one. I can't get my pages to turn right. They're stuck together. First Peter chapter number one, verses 18 and 19. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. There are so many people today who think this. If they just give a little money in the offering plate of the church Mm -hmm. or they send or give a little money to some charity or they give a little money to some radio or TV preacher that when they stand before God it's going to tilt the scales towards them just a little bit. What an awful condition. I want you to know that's a false hope. Please understand that there's no hope in a message like that. We're not redeemed, the Bible says, with corruptible things. We're we're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. If you from sin are longing to be free, look to the Lamb of God. He to redeem you who died on Calvary, look to the Lamb of God. You see, that's where we gotta look, folks. We gotta behold the sinner. We've got to behold the Lamb of God. We've got to behold the Savior. We've got to behold the sacrifice. And then lastly, we need to behold the invitation. Turn with me, please, to Revelation chapter 3. I want you to understand tonight that every verse of Scripture in the Word of God has a primary interpretation. Also, I want you to understand that every verse of Scripture in the Bible has many applications. Please understand tonight the way I'm going to use this verse is not the primary interpretation of the verse. But we can sure apply it here. Look at verse 20, please. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door... I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. That's the invitation. That's the invitation to people all over the world. You know, when you stop and think about it, sometimes I think we get the idea, Brother Jet, that Jesus Christ only came for the United States. Boy, did he get short-changed. We've kicked God out of everything. No, he came for a world. Saddam Hussein. He died for him just like he died for me. Those wicked people everywhere over there in the Middle East that just kill people just to be killing people beat their women till they can't know anything. He died for them. He died for the people that live right over here. He died for your next door neighbor. And the invitation Jesus gives tonight is open. He stands before you tonight with arms open wide. Arms of love and grace and mercy. And he's saying to you tonight, come unto me all that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Heads are bowed, please. Eyes are closed. If you're here this morning or this afternoon this evening and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior in the free pardoning of sin I invite you tonight to come and allow us to take the precious word of God and show you from what God's word how much he loves you and that before you leave here tonight you can be 100% sure of heaven Maybe you're here this, this evening and you have needs in your life. Then why not come and talk to the Lord about that? Say, well, preacher, I, I, I don't know much about those things. We'll have someone pray with you. We'll have someone take the Bible and can help you with some scriptures tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not serving the Lord like you know you should. You're not serving the Lord like you once did. Why not come and rededicate your life tonight to the Lord Jesus Christ? With heads are bowed and eyes closed, how many would lift your hand tonight and say, Preacher, I need to be doing more for my Savior tonight. All over the building, would you lift your hand? Yes. Yes. You know, I, don't, I think we have a bad thing going in America. Sometimes I think we play church. I think we need to get serious, folks, about serving God. You know, in a way, I've been a church, I was a church planter for 33 years because every church I took was just 10, 12, 15 people. but God blessed because we were faithful. You're gonna hear some from some preachers during this conference that need your prayers. They have small congregations, but they're serving God faithfully. Let's stand together tonight. Father, thank you for the message tonight. Thank you, Lord, that there's some things in the Word of God that you want us to focus on. You want us to pay attention to so that we can serve you better. Use the message tonight to touch lives and touch hearts. We'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.